Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and I'm here with my sister Joy. Today is actually February 3rd, 2022 and here in Arkansas we've had quite the winter storm. Luckily, well I shouldn't say luckily, but we've not had to go to work or school for the last two days. Woohoo! Did you feel like you had a vacation? Yes, joy? snow day. Even though we're still teaching online, basically we're just allowed to leave our lesson plans and then, you know, be available throughout the day if the students have questions. So it is a nice break. Yeah. So and not standing on my feet all day and teaching is a nice break. Totally understand. And I got two days off of work, so that was exciting. I told Joy, I said, hey, let's use this opportunity to get some podcasts done. So here we are. It is a little bit late, uh, but we're at our mother's house upstairs in our one of the bedrooms we like to use for our podcast. And there's just snow and ice outside everywhere. So it's mm-hmm. nice and cozy up here. So let's get to business here. And w- today we're going to discuss the book and the movie, Elizabeth is Missing. If you haven't heard of Elizabeth is Missing, it is a novel by Emma Healy. And I'm just going to read one of the summaries that I found on Goodreads. In this darkly riveting debut novel, a sophisticated psychological mystery that is also a heartbreakingly honest meditation on memory, identity, and aging. An elderly woman descending into dementia embarks on a desperate quest to find the best friend she believes has disappeared. And her search for the truth will go back decades and have shattering consequences. I was just going to tell you how I discovered the book. Okay. All right. Probably, I'm going to guess three or four months ago, I was just flipping through the channels. And I came across a movie. I think it was a made-for-TV movie, and it was on PBS on Masterpiece Theater. And have you ever watched anything on Masterpiece yeah, Theater? Yeah, but we don't, we don't get that on our TV, so I haven't watched anything on it in a long, long time. Okay. Well, personally, my opinion Anything on Masterpiece Theater is always good. So yeah, any, so I any, agree. Okay, there's just some really good shows mm-hmm. on there. Um, I highly recommend it. And so I, it just so happened, it was just kind of a coincidence, I just happened to catch this movie right when it started. Oh, okay. And there, it started out, there's an old lady, she's putting some beads on, and she goes outside. You can tell she's really, really old. And I don't know why, but the movie just captured my attention right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and I ended up watching the whole thing. And the movie, I believe, is 90 Minutes. So anyway, I watched the movie, and of course, I love the movie, and of course, anytime you see a movie, you always wonder, oh, was there a book? Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, the movie was adapted from this best-selling author by Emma Healy, and what's amazing is this was Emma Healy's debut novel. Wow. The movie stars an actress named Glenda Jackson. I didn't know her and hadn't heard of her before, but she plays Maud, who is the elderly woman living with dementia. During the movie she's struggling to piece together this double mystery so we're going to just talk about i know we mostly discuss books but we are going to talk about the movie for a a few minutes because the movie blew me away in order to discuss the book i did not recommend joy read the book and we're going to talk about that later but i said okay since you haven't read the book the at least watch the movie Mm -hmm. so i asked her please watch this movie so she so she watched the movie last night with her husband jeff now how did you how were you able to watch the movie? Did you have to purchase so it? So we went on there, and I think it was like 
$3.99 to rent it and $4.99 to buy it. Oh. <laughs> Somewhere in there. So I told my husband, because it's on his account, I said, uh, I'll pay you back. <laughs> he said, just buy the stupid thing. It's only a dollar difference. So we bought it. So if you want to, now you can watch it anytime you, you want. You watched it. I mean, you bought it through. We bought it through Prime Video, I think. Yeah. I think that through was our Amazon Prime Video. I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure we bought it for like $5. And it was totally worth it. Okay. So before you tell me what you thought about the Okay, you just said it was worth it, mm-hmm. so that's that's okay. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we talk about your reaction to the movie, I want to tell our listeners. After Joy finished watching the movie, she sent me a text, and I wrote verbatim what your text said. <laughs> you sent me a text that said, "Jeff and I just finished the movie. I have to be honest with you. I will never forgive you for this one." <laughs> Yeah, you're in trouble, buddy. So, I was like, I literally was floored, because I loved the movie. And I was like, she hated the movie. Oh, my gosh, my twin sister, who usually has the same taste, hated the movie. Well, then, you sent me all the emojis that had the sad cry faces. Yeah, yeah. The crying faces. And I said, oh, you didn't like the movie because it was sad. No, I love the movie. I will never forgive you, because I fought back tears through the whole thing. I was choking back tears through the whole movie it was so one of the most difficult movies I've watched in a long time very hard to watch so because it was so true to life yeah so you and And dementia is such to me I've said this to my husband a million times I'd rather die of cancer or a car wreck than have to suffer dementia and my put my family Alzheimer's Yes. Uh, 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 Than to put my family through that. It's one of the worst diseases, in my opinion, that a person can have. Okay, so that explains your next text you sent to me. You said sad is not the right word. Try heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. Because my father-in-law has dementia and... Honestly, he can only remember immediate family members and sometimes not even them. He doesn't really remember his grandkids and it's heartbreaking, you know, to talk to him and him not remember who you are. Well, I gotta be honest with you. When I was watching the movie, Mm -hmm. I kept thinking... Anyone that is going through this with a family member, this mm-hmm. would be a hard movie yes, to watch. Yes, I think that's another reason it was so hard for us to watch, mm-hmm. because Jeff's dad is going through this. Mm-hmm. And our mom, if you're listening, mom, you're great. She's 80. What is she, 81? She's 80. 80. And her mind is still sharp as a tack. But every once in a while, she gets a little senile. Yeah, every once in a while, she'll forget something. But honestly, is, she's you know, probably sharper calming. than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. I mean, she forgets stuff, but I do too, <laughs> all the time. So I can't really say anything. But um, So, the sad was in post-war England. Okay, it was in post-war 1940s England. Now, I wrote England just from memory. Would you say that's where well, they were Well, hold on. At? Wasn't the setting modern day, but the flashbacks were post-war yes, yeah. England? Yes, you're okay. absolutely right. So, it's a part of the story is set back in 1940s. But do you think they were in England? Yes, yeah, definitely. I, the, yeah. The, their accents and a lot of the places they visited and the slang. I just well, when assumed... the doctor asked her when she had fallen, they had called in a doctor when the elderly, when Maud had fallen. He said, do you know where you are? And she said, Great Britain. And what you were just talking about, um, the narrative, they do toggle back and forth between 1940s and modern day. And I guess my question to you, it was easy to follow on the movie mm-hmm. because of the costumes. And you could immediately tell when they were going back to the 1940s. But was it easy to follow in the book? That's a good question. Because in the book, I kept thinking if I hadn't seen the movie first, oh. I think this would have been harder if to follow. you'd be more confused. Yes, but because I had seen the movie, I, it was not hard to follow mm-hmm. in the book. 
we can't really have a discussion about this book without talking about the main characters. The main character is Maud, which we've already mentioned. She's an 82-year-old woman with dementia who believes her friend Elizabeth is missing. And she's surrounded by her dutiful daughter, Helen, her great, uh, I'm sorry, her granddaughter, Katie, her and her caregiver, Carla. Those are basically, those are pretty much the main characters. And, you know, her son comes in every once in a while. But mm-hmm. she has frequent flashbacks of her years growing up when her older sister, Suki, disappeared without the family ever knowing what truly happened. Mm-hmm. So what's really cool about this book is, you know, not only does she have, she thinks her friend is missing Elizabeth, but her sister went missing for uh I think that's another reason it's so earlier. heartbreaking is because not only are you dealing with this lady with dementia and, and what her family's going through, but they're also this lady with dementia, Maud, is also going through never knowing what happened to her sister. Her sister mm-hmm. just disappeared and that is tough. Yeah, and I kept thinking, what would that be like to never have that closure or just knowing what happened mm-hmm. to her that would be a nightmare in itself okay the character of Maud. oh i love so, her yeah love, me too. <laughs> she's awesome so we know she's got dementia so her family labels everything for her mm-hmm. because to me that was one of the most striking things about the movie and I can't remember exactly what were some of the things that they... It would be like a sign by the door, don't forget to lock the door, don't forget to turn off the oven. It would be labeled like light switch. Ba- mm-hmm. Oh, when she moved in with her daughter, all the rooms were labeled bathroom, pantry, bedroom. So everyday items and everyday <coughs> just things that you and I would take for granted. Like we know what the phone is or mm-hmm. we, they would label it for yes. her. You know, and they, it was all these little sticky notes that was telling her what things are, where things were, mm-hmm. and, you know, reminders of things she needed to do right. every day. That kind of hit home. And she actually, you know, she was pretty annoying, of course, to her family. You know, even though you love someone, it's still difficult to have patience right. with someone who asks you the same question, you know, every over 10 minutes. And right. And I under, what got me about the movie, uh, I just can't say enough about the movie. It is such a good movie. But what got me is how real it was. Because the daughter, she wants to take care of her mom. And she's doing everything she can to take care of her. But there's only so much verbal abuse you can take. Whether mm-hmm. the lady has Alzheimer's or not. Oh, that's uh, true. And she, you remember when she plows into the granddaughter and she calls her lazy and good for nothing. And the daughter gets mad and yells at her mother. Like, don't you ever talk to my daughter. Mm-hmm. So even though you know this person, it's the disease talking and not them. You're only human. And you can only take it so long. And she mm-hmm. just lashed back at her. And then mm-hmm. she... She's got to now deal with the guilt of lashing back at her mother. So it's just a horrible disease. It's almost like taking care of a child in a way. Throughout the whole movie, she keeps saying, Elizabeth's missing. And no Mm -hmm. one believes her. No one will listen to her. Right. Of course, we find out at the end of the book, we find out why, which I'm not going to give you Yeah, we can't do a spoiler alert here. But yeah, they won't listen to her because, well, she has dementia. She doesn't know what she's talking about, you know. And now I felt like the the best part of the movie, and I I think just from, I've only had a a brief conversation with you before we started this podcast, where we talked about the performance of Glenda Jackson. Mm -hmm. She is the actress who uh, played Maude, and she was 85 years old when she played her. Uh, so tell me, what was your impression of her performance? Amazing. Uh, Oscar-worthy. I don't know. I haven't done any research. Jeff did a little research. I think you have. But, man, she that's a performance of a lifetime. It was incredible. One of the critics' uh, reviews that I read, that they said the exact thing you just said. Performance of a lifetime. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. that's how I felt. When I came away after that movie, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I don't know this 
actress. Mm-hmm. I've never seen her in anything, but holy cow. I kept wondering if maybe she was younger and they had made her look older. But now that mm-hmm. you're telling me she's 85, can mm-hmm. you imagine being 85 and learning all those lines and all the emotions that she displayed mm-hmm. and all the dialogue she had to say? That makes it even more amazing that she was that old when she, she played She literally this role. became this character. Yes. I mean, she had... Was so realistic. She was funny. She was angry. She was her she was conf- the confu- yeah, every the she ran the gamut of emotions yes yeah. mm-hmm. and she portrayed them portrayed them all uh, brilliantly yeah I, I don't know i cannot say enough yeah about this woman's performance so if mm-hmm. you have not seen the movie elizabeth is missing mm-hmm. you really need to, they need see to watch it, it but also grab a box of kleenexes yes uh, i mean it, it's worth have, it yeah to me, it's worth it just to watch this this performance. Of yeah, Linda just Jackson. if nothing else, even if the storyline doesn't interest you, just seeing this lady's performance is worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. And the daughter did great as well. Oh yeah, she I was mean, good. She did great. Her daughter, whoever, the, and unfortunately, I didn't write the name down of that actress, but mm-hmm. she was good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I watched a few interviews with some of the other actors on the movie, and they all just kept saying, you know, we were all just totally in awe in awe of her and, mm-hmm. and she inspired us to do better and she said every time any all of them said every time they had a scene with her that she would elevate the scene right. to just a level and i've read that about that great actors not only are they great but they inspire others around them to do better and be better mm-hmm. actors and actresses and that just makes the whole thing better. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and i don't mean to sound crass but there's a good chance this was her last uh glenda's it last been, yeah. her last role and yeah. what a way to yeah. In your career, yeah, you know, she's eighty by now. I don't. This movie was released, I think, in twenty twenty one, if I can remember correctly. So she's probably around eighty six now or so. Before we go into the book, is there anything else you would like to say about the movie? I just was blown away. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was blown away by Glenda Jackson's performance. It was an, a really good movie, and it's just I love mysteries, mm-hmm. and the fact that um, there's two mysteries in it. That's the, that's what made it unique to me. Usually, you're just trying to solve one big mystery, but there's actually two. There's a modern day mystery where she's trying to find her missing friend Elizabeth, and then there's the old mystery that was, you know, I guess post war. Mm-hmm. Uh, post World War II, probably late forties, England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they're trying to solve this mystery of what happened to her sister, and what that's what I loved about it. It's not just her performance, but it's um, that these you're trying with them to solve these two mysteries as you watch the movie. So I won't say how it ends, but we get a resolution on both mysteries, yeah. and that's what I liked about it. Okay, to me, one of the really cool things that they did in the movie. Uh, the way that the, the the reason the movie flowed so well with the two uh, time periods mm-hmm. and the two because they had two timelines so, going. So, like, just as just an example, uh, Maud would be walking down the street and she'd be going home and she would see a pebble or a rock mm-hmm. and she'd pick it up. Well, next thing you know, she's a young girl holding right. that same rock. It would it, connect her to a memory. It would in the connect past. her to a memory in the past, and then so then that would bring up a scene from the past, and right. so and all these flashbacks would just. They were, yeah, woven together. They were woven together, mm-hmm. and, and that's how they would go back and forth between the two. Right. Okay, well, let's get into the book. How yeah. come you don't want me to read it? Okay, <laughs> all right. Because so, I really want to read the book now that I've seen the movie, but Angie's been telling me, no, she does not recommend that I read the book, so now I need to know why. What's going right, on with so the book? so let's talk about the book. All right, so in my mind, and anyone who loves to read books, 
when you watch a movie, usually your thought is, oh, the movie was great. The book's got to be better, right? Yeah, cause, yeah. yeah, we all know as book nerds that mm-hmm. the book's always better the than the movie. The book's always better. Almost 99% yes. of the time. Yeah. yeah. And then I got on, of course, one of the first things I do as a book nerd is I look at reviews. And all I saw was nothing but these gushing reviews mm-hmm. about the book. So okay. I'm... I went into this with no bias whatsoever. I went into it with high expectations. Because of the movie. Because of the movie. Well, that was my question. Maybe if you had not seen the movie first, would you maybe have liked the book better? No. Okay. This is just just me. (laughs) Okay. This is just my personal opinion. Sadly, I did not have the same experience as many of the others did. According to the many book reviews I read, people really, really loved this book. Okay. However... As with any book, I did find some people who didn't like the book. Right. In, in like, I think it was, uh, what's the name of that? Goodreads, Good where they reads. do a lot of the reviews mm-hmm. and stuff. All right, so, let's hear it. Do you have some bad reviews? So they said, did I read the same book as other reviewers? <laughs> this book was horrible, annoying, repetitive, and way too drawn out. I love a good mystery and found myself not even caring what happened to me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny to me. I love a good mystery and found myself not even caring what happens to Elizabeth or Suki or any character in this book. Oh, no. Because this book was just boring. I read the whole thing waiting for the aha moment that never came. Though this book was told from the point of view of an elderly woman with dementia, I thought it would be unique, but I just found it frustrating. She basically said word for word exactly how I felt. So too long, too drawn out, too repetitive. The best part of the book is the fact that an old woman with dementia is trying to solve a murder. Because that's actually pretty funny if you think about it. Yeah, it's very unique. That's the least likely person who's going to solve that mystery. Exactly. A person trying to solve a murder who can't even remember what they did yesterday, let alone what they had for lunch, right? Right. So that, from the beginning, that kind of insight was fascinating. Right? And it was interesting. But after six hours of hearing Maud say Elizabeth is missing, I wanted to scream. Right. Because she says it like a thousand times. So even in the movie, which I dearly love, I got tired of hearing her say, Elizabeth is missing. Well, and let me say this, and mate, this is interesting. I mm-hmm. never got tired of it. And I think, do you think it's because okay. you had read the book and already heard it a million times? Possibly. Because she said it a lot, but I thought, well, that's how she would act. She's trying to convince people yes. Elizabeth is missing. Okay. So I'm thinking if you had not read the book, maybe it wouldn't have irritated you in the movie. You it didn't are, really irritate me in the movie as much as it did in the book. Oh, wait, I forgot. Yeah. You watched the, watched movie, the first. movie first. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The bottom line is, I know the author was trying to drive home what it's like living with someone, someone yes. with dementia. Okay, I understand that. But the readers in the real world can only take so much. Right. All right. So, so what I... <laughs> and he just got her hands <laughs> kind of... And she's kind of in this clenched mode like she's like about to explode. I'm, I'm being very animated right now. I wish you guys could she's see stressed. me. She's stressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually like, you know, it's something I'm never animated. But right now, I'm very right animated. Right now, she's animated. I can tell she's yeah. like, it's got to end. I'm try- yeah. So, so, in the end... I felt like the book's strength became its weakness. Yes. Just okay. Does yes. that make sense? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, it's a woman with dementia solving a mystery. But, oh, I've got to listen to well, her solve the mystery. Well, and then, mm-hmm. but after the sixth hour, and you know you have exactly. five hours to go, exactly. you're like, I can't handle this anymore. Well, I have a very important question for you. If you had to choose which book was more excruciating to read, mm-hmm. oh, no. would it be Walden or Elizabeth is Missing? Oh, Walden. 
<laughs> oh, Walden oh, beats out no, Elizabeth. No, this will ever be more excruciating than Walden. <laughs> ever. Okay, I just I just had to no, ask that. No, I, I, yeah, no. Walden, so Walden's the worst. It's like the seventh circle of hell. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny. I was just thinking, if you wanted to go, if you had to go to hell and listen to. Okay. <laughs> Let's, so it's just too long, too repetitive. Let's gotcha. You it. have convinced me not yeah. to read Elizabeth okay. the Missing because just from this conversation, yes. I can tell it would drive me insane. Yes. Oh. Well, I just want to say this. If we have a listener out there who has already read this book mm-hmm. yeah. or you're going to read it, call us on our speak pipe. We always put the... The link. The link there. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear, hey, you can disagree with us. You can. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book, so I can't say anything. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to hear other people's opinion. If you want to call yeah. in and leave a message, that'd be awesome. Okay, um, so I thought instead of ending on a negative note, I will tell you about the book's strengths. Obviously, the author's portrayal of Maud's dementia, you mm-hmm. know, that she was, it was very authentic. It was actually very creative. She was very creative in how she dealt with it. It was funny and heartbreaking at the same time, mm-hmm. which is how the movie was. I thought she was very clever in how she interweaved the two mysteries and the past and the present. And it was an honest portrayal of family relationships in crisis. Mm-hmm. So I, those were the strengths of it. I think it's also good that it brings awareness. I mean, you may have people who don't aren't even familiar with what it's like to live with someone with dementia or That's Alzheimer's. And if people read it, it'll at least bring awareness. And this is such a coincidence, or maybe it's not a coincidence, but as I was scrolling through Facebook the other night, a lady I, I, I knew, I used to go to church with her, she had written, hey, my dad's getting dementia and he's always talking to his parents who are not here. You know, they both passed away. And she said, I don't know what to do. Do I say, no, Dad, they're gone, or do I go ahead and um, talk to him? Mm-hmm. And you know what I may do if it's okay with you? The response was phenomenal. Somebody wrote a response back to her, and I would love to read it. You know what? Can I hit pause and read it real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go back and find that and read the response. It's definitely worth reading on how to talk to people with dementia. Okay. Okay. And that'll be, we'll go ahead and close and then we just let that be how we end today's podcast. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts before we close about the book? Um, No, just thank, it's like, it's like a love hate. Thank you for recommending it to me. But like I said, it was one of the hardest movies I've watched in a while Mm -hmm. because it just tugs at your heartstrings. Because like you said, it's bittersweet it's funny it's heartbreaking you know all at the same time and one thing that i actually liked about the movie was it was just kind of refreshing to watch something that felt like you're watching real life it it wasn't a shoot 'em up movie it mm-hmm. wasn't science fiction it wasn't you know one of these vulgar hollywood movies mm-hmm. it was just refreshing that you i just felt like i was watching a normal family living their life kind of going through this ordeal, mm-hmm. and it, to me, that was refer- it was something but, different. Yeah, and I just have to say, I just loved how the mysteries. I love how the second mystery is solved. I loved how they mm-hmm. piece it together. Yeah, it was very creative. Yeah. We didn't really talk very, a whole lot. I know that's why I'm saying I don't want yeah. the readers to think, "Gosh, this all sounds so boring and depressing." Mm-hmm. Because there is, there are two mysteries, and the mm-hmm. way the one from the '40s is solved mm-hmm. is really cool. Did you not think so? Yeah, I just it thought was it was very, so cool how they solved the mystery. The of author her was very, very clever in how she. Yes. How the two stories connected yes, and yeah. how they solved them both. And we both recommend that you watch the movie Elizabeth is Missing. And as far as the book, I'm so sorry, but I'm just going to give it one 
Elizabeth. <laughs> I, was, I can't think of another. There's no other good word for that. I'm only going to yeah. give it one Elizabeth. But, yeah. you know, for you out there who may be retired and you have a lot of time on your hands and you're just curious to see if you agree or not, go ahead and give it a listen. Mm-hmm. That's all we have for this time. And listen to this uh, really good response about the lady's question with her. Was it her dad? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was about her dad. Yeah, the yeah. Adult that has uh, Alzheimer's. So. Thank you again. And we'll see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk. So this is the post that I ran across on Facebook and someone had asked the question, how do I answer my dad with dementia when he talks about his mom and dad being alive? Do I go along with it or tell him they have passed away? And this was the answer and I'm not sure who answered, but I just thought this was an awesome answer. Enter into his reality and enjoy it. He doesn't need to be oriented. Thank God the days are gone when people with advanced dementia were tortured by huge calendars and reminder signs and loved ones were urged to orient them to do to some boring current reality. If dad spends most of his time in 1959, sit with him. Ask questions he didn't have time for before. Ask about people long dead but alive to him. Learn, celebrate your heritage. His parents are alive to him. Learn more about your grandparents. If he tells the same story over and over, appreciate it if it's as if it's music and you keep coming back to the beautiful refrain. This isn't playing along to pacify the old guy. This is an opportunity to communicate and treasure memories real but out of time. So I love that response and I hope it will help family members or friends out there who are dealing with a loved one who has dementia.